Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another great episode here on tap for Bald to Bald, Season 2, Episode 8. Shane Taggart here, as always, with my bro- with my bald brother, TJ Jones. T, it's Episode 8. The season is flying by, but first off, how are we doing? Um, Not so great, I guess. Um, one... What did I go? One and four on the weekend brings me to seven and 14 overall. Um, I told the audience this last week, the week before that. If you want to make money, you just take the opposite end of whatever I'm doing and you're winning at a 50% clip. So, I mean, if that's if if there's no better advice that I can give you in the next 30 to 45 minutes, it's that just take the other the other side. Yeah, I mean. Now, I don't mean to rain on anybody's parade here, but I did go the opposite this weekend, and your boy is hot. I mean, I'm just giving out winners. I said it last week. Just listen to what I say, and you will be successful. It's an easy game, T. It's an easy game to watch. And I think, the first, thing we should, I think the first thing we should do is, is recap what went on in week three, super quick for the audience here. Let's in case it. you missed it. Um, you know, ton of great games. I thought it was, I thought personally, it was one of the better Saturdays I remember in college lacrosse dating back numerous years. We had plenty of matchups across the board that really shifted the top 20 um, upside down. And, you know, it, it got us started even on, you know, Friday night where Richmond versus Towson was a very good back and forth game. Um, you know, kind of a big win for the A-10 over the CAA there for a little bit of bragging rights and also probably some big recruiting matchups too. And again, starting us off with, you know, your favorite team, Navy. They lose the high point. Another big win for the A-10. The A-10 Navy sucks. Navy's overrated. I Amplos hot seat just keeps getting hotter, baby. Turn up the heat there. I will say, T, I watched Navy's uh, – video of their new facility coming in 2026. I mean, to finish in the middle of the pack in the Patriot League and you had the coolest facility, that's sweet, but I just don't see Navy doing anything in the next couple of years. But, um, you know, oh, Hobart. Oh, yeah, by the way, they beat Colgate too. So, you know, another win for the A-10, even though they're kind of getting spanked by C.J. Kirst and Cornell as we record this right now. Um, sure are. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, a lot of people think that I'm going to be dancing on, continuously dance on people's graves, and I will, as I'm going to sip my tea right now, and I am going to talk to you about how the Notre Dame Fighting Irish beat the Georgetown Hoyas, and those losers down in the D.C. area are now 0-3, T. Your boys haven't won a game. Kavanaugh State came in, rolled them, and I just want to know your thoughts. I will not give up on the Hoyas. I will not give up on the Hoyas. And I'll tell you why. Because Tucker Dordovic is still on that team. And they are about to finish off what is probably the hardest schedule in Division I lacrosse, if not the hardest Division I schedule. I'll give you that. This weekend. Now, Princeton just got pecker-smacked by Maryland's defense. And had a close game with the Manhattan Jaspers. Granted, Manhattan's on the rise, but I think Princeton might be a little overrated. So some people might say we have a little bit of an overrated versus overrated matchup this weekend. But I'll I'll just tease it a little bit, and it might not be a surprise, but I like the Hoyas bouncing back starting on Saturday. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that I I look at that game is, you know, not only is it tough for Georgetown to – obviously get a lot of hype with the transfer portal and really just, you know, everyone's talking about them. They had kind of the fluff in the preseason of last year. And this is the start that I'm sure not everybody was hoping for, you know, if if you're supporting the Hoyas, but you know, you know, they kind of dominate the faceoff X, which is very tough to do in college lacrosse now. And especially to lose by almost getting doubled up. Um, you know, goalkeeping under 50%, not gonna, you know, not gonna help you in that category either. But 
across the board. I mean, I know you mentioned uh, Dordovich and, you know, you got McDermott and, and Graham Bundy Jr. and such, but um, I, I think the supporting cast from them is going to need to be better. The defense is going to definitely have to be tightened up. But, again, Notre Dame, they're, they're a top five team in the country for a reason. So, yeah, I've um, shit on Georgetown enough this year. But I will say um, in the good old inside lacrosse, um, you know, I, I was I was quoted, I'm going to say subtweeted here, that, um, that, and I quote, quote, there's a lot of social media tap dancing on the Hoya struggles. That's me. And I will continue to tap dance on these losers until they win a game. So get them out of the top 20. If they lose to Princeton, they should probably, they, they might have to cancel the season. They're not, stop it. Stop they should, they should seriously consider canceling the season. I'd be I'm, embarrassed. Embarrassed to lose four in a row against four of the best teams in the country? To get the amount of hype and haven't done shit. That's all I'm saying. And I'm done. I'm not going to waste any more energy because there's, Way more teams that deserve it. Than- it's a long season, first off. Let me just say one thing. It's a long season. And to flip the script a little bit, Notre Dame is showing why they're a Final Four pick for the both of us. Um, did I pick them to win the ACC? Hold on, let me, let me get back to my notes. Check I did. Notes. Yeah. I, did. I mean, it's, look, it's looking pretty good right looking now. pretty good. Um, no, I just think Notre Dame is, is flexing on whoever they play every weekend. Um, it is what it is. You almost get doubled up by – a top two team in the country, top three team in the country. Um, it's a big gap, though. That is a big gap when you look at where you want to be and where you need to be. Like, your defense is giving up 15, offense only getting eight. Like, if they were to play again next week, I mean, you got to get it, it across the board. Like, your defense has to almost take away four, and your offense has to, like, you got to have an eight goal swing somewhere. And I think that's tough to do, but. Um, hopefully once they kind of ease into the easy part of their schedule, they can start to build some momentum, get some confidence. And I will give them this. You don't want to play your best lacrosse in February. You want to be no, playing sir. it down the stretch. So no, uh, sir. there you go. There's, there's say something nice about Georgetown for me. Um, moving forward, Hopkins with a nice win uh, versus Utah. Get them back on track. They get a big one against the, the baddest boys in Philadelphia this weekend. Ooh. I will be in attendance. I will be the 11th man. Um, so that Hopkins bench, I'm in your ears all day. Moving forward, um, big. I thought a huge upset this weekend. T. I know we were both losers on this end. My only loser I gave out, but we are Penn State going into Yale's house, beating them. It's a it's a great win for the Nittany Lions, and I should have looked at the history of this matchup because it's in the in recent years Penn State kind of owns this matchup. It's a rivalry now. Now it's, it's a rivalry. A rivalry. Definitely a rivalry. Um, Penn State, my best bus ride of the week. You um, follow up, you know, what's a good win against Stony Brook, but a disappointing loss against Villanova. You walk up to to New Haven and just kind of take it to take it to Yale, a team that's I mean was in our Final Four. A team yeah. that's you know everybody's expecting to be at least in the semifinals, if not if not championship. Um, great win for the great win for the Lions. No two ways about it. Yeah, nice uniform matchup too. Probably looked like an inner squad scrimmage um, between those guys. So hopefully that uh, that wasn't too tough for the fans. But um, you know, keeping it on the on the St. Joe's train, they absolutely smack Providence here, um, nineteen to six. I was on the call. Went down three nothing, and then Zach Cole. I know he was your, uh, he's your man up performance. I guess I'll just let you take it away because, I mean, I watched a just a perfect domination from Cole. I mean, the kid is unbelievable. Um, most people, when they see a twenty four twenty four performance, it's like, it's like, oh well, what about you know, what about who's picking up the ground balls? Like, who's the one who's winning the? You know, he might win the clamp, but is are his wings helping him out? Well, he had 23 ground balls. So that 23 of those 24 faceoff wins were all him. And if there's, yeah. I mean, he's clearly an All-American, clearly a top top three faceoff guy in the country. Um, I would love to watch him go against Luke Weirman in probably one of the the faceoff matchups of the of the decade up there with TD Erland versus Trevor Baptiste. Um, but I mean, like you said. You had a great, you had a great call on Saturday. 
not much to talk about when the Hawks are going a 19 to three one run and beat the snot out of the Providence Friars, but yeah, it, just a domination from top to top to bottom there. Um, keeping it in Philadelphia was actually able to watch the Duke Penn game today on, on demand, um, had some free time for one. So that was nice. Um, you know, Penn jumped out to a two nothing lead and Duke just really dominated the second and the third quarter. And it was across the board. You know, their defense was, was pretty tenacious. Their offense had a bunch of guys scoring different goals, a lot of ISO goals too. Um, Credit to Penn, though, fought back pretty hard. Really cool field. Um, it, it wasn't at the old grass one where your boy scored a goal on. Um, it's it's where they put the bubble. So you got 76 going there. There's the, uh, the skyline in the background. So that was it was a nice visual or a visual. But um, sticking with Penn, their equipment director or manager, whoever runs that, that dude, hot seat because they have football shoulder pads super baggy jerseys and the stallion helmets like those dudes are all studs on their field and they just look so bad they have like, it, they, it's, it's tough to watch they have the worst swag individual in lacrosse they also have got to be the worst uniforms individual in lacrosse like you have the easiest you know red white and blue like, yeah the, you have the easiest color scheme you could possibly have the color palette is perfect like I would you guys like gotta to figure it out. Like, I don't know if it's like you said, I don't know if it's the jerseys. I don't know if it's the guys. Like, do they care more about, you know, their physics class than they do what the, about what they look like on the field? Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I would, I would like to see them. I like the red helmets they used to rock on occasion or the white, but like the red tops or blue tops, white pants or white shorts, like white top, like just some, I don't know, the all the white across the board was it just it wasn't it wasn't doing it blue duke with the blue up top couple stripes on the sleeve looking good and the I blue mean, devils i think continue they're, they're a top 10 you know uniform in in any sport they just got they just got it perfectly right and keeping it keeping it rolling uh denver with a nice bounce back win over merrimack uh their face-off guy dominated so you know watch out for the pios and then Really kind of getting in the meat and potatoes of the weekend, T, where we saw kind of I, – I think we got back on track where Maryland showed that they're the best defense, either one or two with Ohio State, even though Ohio State got sh shellacked um, versus the Wahoos. But to hold Princeton to five, dominate the entire game. Shout out to Coach Tillman calling for a stick check after Sandoval scores. They get a three-minute non-releasable, you know, wipes out their goal and kills the momentum. Um, kind of a, hey, just respect the game. Respect that's, the creator's game. That's that's the coaches that's, – that's the coaching advantage that you get with Maryland and, and John Tillman. I have to say, um, but I agree with you. Maryland's probably one of the best defenses in the country. It doesn't look like Ohio State is that at this point. I mean, they've got two of the best five defensemen, but they're Maryland's not close together. Maryland's, Maryland's got the other three. Yeah, exactly. And then Notre Dame obviously is Notre Dame. They're always they're always legit. But you know what's crazy to see is looking at the goalie play. We had some fantastic goalie play in this game. Griffin uh, Rackauer, seventy nine percent on the day. Hell of a job by him. And then Brian Ruppel, the freshman from from Maryland, coming in and just stealing the show with seventy four percent on fourteen saves. I think some people will say you know anybody can anybody can go in net in front of this Maryland defense and play well. And, you know, that's fair. They do have a very, very good defense. But if that was the case, then the Binghamton transfer would have done a lot better in his two games. So I think that's not always the case, but shout out to the goalies in that game. That was pretty good. Um, and like we said, we're watching a historical defense in college lacrosse on this Maryland team this year. Yeah, I thought last year they were pretty unbelievable. But even this year, um, you know, they just slide and recover. They double. They – they chase out shots. Like it, it's so hard to get a shot off. And this Princeton offense was getting a lot of hype. Now I think, you know, they kind of got the betterment of beating Manhattan and Monmouth both at home. Um, weren't really the a, a marquee matchups early in the year. Right. And then, you know, arguably a top three team in the country comes to town and blows your doors off. That's, you know, you need that though. But Princeton, they have a brutal schedule up and coming. Um, Really just looking at them, 
They got, like we said, Georgetown this weekend. Then they got uh, the battle for New Jersey taken on at Rutgers. They're at Penn. They host Yale. They go. T- uh, they host Brown. They go. They host Hughes, Dartmouth, Harvard, Cornell. So I mean that Ivy League schedule is tough either way. Like it, it's when you're playing the Ivy League, it's going to be a tough one. But like you said, you look at the out of conference games: Maryland, Georgetown, Rutgers, Cuse. Like those are big games. And I mean they're supposed to be their top five top five preseason team. Like let's let's put your money where your mouth is. It'll it'll be tough to see. If now I don't think the Ivies get six teams in again. I think that's yeah. not they're not going to have that happen, just because of how Harvard and Brown both showed in that. But you also have to think. Say they do lose to Georgetown, and Rutgers, I think they'll beat Hughes. If they go fifth, it's going to be tough. Like they're going to have to win a majority of their Ivy games to get that consideration. But we'll get to that when that gets there. Um, and and really just wrapping up the rest of the weekend here. You know, Bryant with a big win on the road at Quinnipiac. Manhattan, our second favorite team. They get a huge uh, home win over NJIT, building something special there. And I guess the the last three games to really look at was, and I kind of hate to to say it, but Loyola. The hype, uh, the hype got a little bit too big for the Greyhounds up in uh, up in Piscataway. T. I, I don't. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what happened. Like a team that was just couldn't have been hotter against a team who is coming off a terrible loss, just a terrible loss. Um, and they and they just kind of lay an egg, you know. Um, it, it, the goalie play again, Kyle Mullen. I've been I've been on that guy's ass up his ass like a fire poker for the past couple of weeks, but he showed out. Um, it seems like whenever. Dehenio is facing off for Rutgers. They're winning games. So I don't know what the deal is. Like, I don't know what yeah, I mean, they just, army, but when he's in there, he's they're winning games. Yeah. I mean, um, they just kicked the shit out of St. John's um, 20 to six St. John's unable to cover um, shout out to Jared Wolf. He lost that one in a parlay. So thinking about you, Jared, um, <laughs> he also, I saw something on Twitter with Loyola where against Hopkins and Maryland, their goalie play was like through the roof. Their shooting percentage was through the roof. And then their face-off percentage was through the roof too. Uh, or not their face-off percentage, pardon. But against Rutgers, everything was flipped. And I think that's kind of what you see where if you're having historic numbers in those two games, maybe you get back to reality a little bit. And maybe Rutgers just bounce back. But, um, you know, that's going to move Rutgers up and, and drop Loyola. And then really just kind of rounding out the week here. Um North Carolina and Cuse was that late afternoon matchup where I think we're starting to see the real Syracuse come out a little bit. Their their youth is starting to show more. And, um, you know, that's a credit to Coach Bresci and his staff heading up there in the dome. A little bit of a dogfight, but um, the Tar Heels come out on top. And, T, I sent you that video on Twitter. I mean, I would commit to North Carolina tomorrow if I saw that video. I, like, I wasn't I wasn't that pumped about it's, it. It's was pretty like, good. I mean, it's a, it's a it's great cinematography. Is it better than um, CIA visuals at, no, at St. Joe's? I, I don't think so. But I will say, I think more teams are starting to realize that these highlight videos that teams are putting out, it's going to be part of the new norm. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, it, it's it's pretty incredible. So I, I would check that out if you had some time. Um, and then, kind of the last important game of the weekend was, you know, we I thought Ohio State was going to put up a little bit better of a fight, but. You know, their defense gives up 17. They probably won't see an offense like that for the, you know, kind of remainder of the year. And, you know, they got Cornell, Notre Dame. That might be the next one. Rutgers, Penn State, and, the, and you know, the Big Ten play. But, I, man, I think they can kind of hold strong because their defense is is pretty legit. But, again, Virginia, their defense grew up a little bit. But then you got guys like – this is how you know UVA's – for real, their best player Schellenberger just got locked down zero and two on the afternoon. Um, but you still have Peyton Cormier seven goals, Xander Dickinson two and two. Like you just go down the list and you're like, oh yeah, this guy scored, and then this guy scored, and then this guy scored. It's like I remember last week saying something about Connor Schellenberger not being as good as everybody says he is, and he's playing on an, an all-time offense, which sounds about right in this situation. Sounds um, about right. Sounds but, about right. But two things on this game. First, um, 
my man down of the week, and it's not really a person. My man down of the week is the ten man ride, and this is okay. why. What's here? Ohio State Skylar Walland scores a goal on the ten man, the the goalie goal across the field, and I want to say this has probably happened. A goalie goal in lacrosse this season has probably happened more than it has like in the past five years combined, and. A message to everybody who's running the 10 man, you gotta pick up the ball at the restraining line. We're playing at the pinnacle of the sport. Everybody can make a 50 yard pass or a 75 yard pass that goes into the back of the net. That if, you give, if you give them multiple chances, because a lot of teams do it, and that first one, you know, they kind of pan it. They look for the attackman who's either like dragging across the other box or he's deep in the corner. But at least get the shot near the net, have a guy chase it out, and you keep your possession. But if you give a team three chances, like one of these might go in. Absolutely. And it's just like it's very simple. You got your attackmen have to be on the ball when they when they get to the restraining line. Like you cannot let them survey the field. You can't let the gir- the goalie survey the field in the middle of the field on the restraining line and then be like, oh yeah, I can take this. Like it's it's just you're 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 they gotta figure it out. Just figure it out. Um but I don't know if I mentioned this, but secondly, I think I think the um, the Ohio State offense has to kind of figure it out a little bit too. Like they they're yeah. a team that's just their offense is just underperforming. I don't know. Like they were my pick to win the Big Ten. They they might put up three goals against Maryland. Like, yeah, I mean, if if you look at Ohio State's offense, they've played four games thus far, and I'm not going to discredit any teams record whatnot a lot of stats get padded throughout the years or throughout the season but air force and cleveland state they put up 15 and 19 and then they play unc and virginia and they put up six and five so clearly the rise in competition isn't there um you know jack myers still their best player he's got 16 points on the year and then um ed sheehan with 12 and then it's pretty much i mean no one not a lot of assists, you know. Uh, Richie Lockelander, the LIU transfer, he's got he's one and five, and Myers is eight and eight. Outside of that, the next guy's got three assists, so not really a threat on offense for Ohio State. But we'll see what they can do once Big Ten play starts to pick up. But um, I skipped over it earlier and I apologize. But um, my man down was actually going to be Princeton's offense against against Maryland. That's and then my man up was actually going to be Logan McGovern for UNC going four and four on the four o'clock slate where, you know, anytime you have eight points in the dome and, you know, he was having some deep shots and, you know, to go put up four on Will Mark and then dish out four. That's pretty nice. Um, now, T, this is where I, I thought it was going to be pretty interesting here is best bus ride, worst bus ride, because a lot of teams on the road were able to steal a win. And I think the best bus ride, I had three. Obviously, I'm not going to take three. I like to share. I think Duke coming up to Penn might be the best one because they had, I would say, an emotional win against Denver last week on a Friday night and then able to come out, get up early, hold off a dangerous Penn team, kind of, and in my opinion, their defense stepped up pretty well. Um, For sure. So, you know, anytime you got to travel up the East Coast and, you know, Brennan O'Neill continues to shove it down my throat for, you know, two and three in the afternoon. Sounds about right. You know, their stat sheets just lit up. And then, you know, they're able to hold Sam Hanley, who, you know, all I heard about is Sam Hanley's God's gift to the earth. One and two. I thought they kept him in check pretty much most of the game. He didn't score until the second half. So well, take him take him out of the game. That's a, that's a shout out to the Duke defense. You got to look at the goalie play too. I mean, Wilhelm, who's been average at best yeah. over the past couple of weeks with 19 saves, 61% against a good Penn team and a good offense. I know this. they've got shooters all over the field, Penn does. So shout out to him. Great, great game, and uh, yeah, you're, right. t- you're wrong now, about you're wrong about Brennan O'Neill. Now, I hope you know that. All right, we know that. But Emmett Carroll on the other side for Penn, not great. 
yeah, I mean, it was this is his. I think it was his second his second game of his college career. He played a little bit uh, last year, got some time, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I I watched that one as well. A lot of pipes were getting hit. Um, lot lot of lot of pipes were getting hit that game. So a little bit of jingle bells. Yeah, it, that game could have went either way. Um, and then my worst bus ride. We talked about it already, but Loyola, you know, losing to Rutgers after you had probably the two best wins in college across those pretty much now get diminished for a say. And then uh, who'd you have for your worst bus, bus ride, T? My worst bus ride? I mean, a team that – might be a flight. It might actually be a flight. Oh, you're right. It is a flight. So you get – actually, I guess it's a couple bus rides. It's like a bus ride from – where did they play in Florida? I don't even know. Um, that I have no idea. I, just know I think it was, it was like Florida. the Palm Coast Complex or something like that. I think they yeah, had a shout out to that with Great Ohio State and Virginia. But um, Michigan, worst bus ride, worst travel day after a game. Yeah. Bus ride from the field to the airport, then the airport to the plane ride from Florida to Michigan, and then the plane, and then the bus ride from Michigan, Detroit. Is it Detroit? They probably threw it to Detroit. Let's say fly to Ann Arbor. Yeah, you're you're just not having. You're just not having a good trip. I mean, you're constantly lugging your bag around, and you're probably sitting next to like three different people. If you if you don't have a charger, you're fucking beat. And you just lost to Marquette of all teams. On top of the fact, you know, Michigan could easily lose every every game this year, or the rest of the rest of the games this season. I mean, they have when when they opened up against Virginia, I thought, okay, this team might be might have turned it around finally, like. They they might have finally done it. Yeah, there's but uh they, there's no moral victory. There's no moral victories. No moral um, victories. They lose. They, they lose a or no, they win a close game against Hofstra, beat a Canisius team, whatever, and lose the Marquette. They have to go to Delaware. They have to go to Harvard. They have to play Notre Dame, Hopkins, like this whole Big Ten schedule. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Watch no, they're out. they're they're coming in last in the Big Ten again. Um, it is good to see though. Um, the top three guys all over 15 points on the year, though. So, I mean, you know, the, maybe they're getting better to some sense. But, um, I mean, we just saw Delaware lose to Nova at home where we kind of touched on that. Now it's like, Delaware, you have to win uh, the CAA or you're kind of you're kind of fucked now, too. Um, but that will pretty much wrap it up for week three. You know, the, uh, the USILA men's poll did come out. Um, you know, the top three stay the same. Maryland back up there. Duke slides up. Princeton, Loyola drop. Rutgers moves up. Ohio State stays the same. Kind of kind of interesting on that one, I thought. Um, and then Penn drops. Yale drops. UNC skyrockets up a couple slots. St. Joe's drops one. Jacksonville had an off week. Hopkins is up. Nova and Penn State welcome to the top 20. Army's up. Delaware drops and Cuse drops. Um, and, you know, a bunch of teams receiving votes now. But I, I guess my first reaction is like, I, I don't think North Carolina, like 16 to 12. I mean, I think it's a big, I think it's a big win for them. Maybe not a big win, but a good win for them. Um, my only gripe is Ohio State not moving. Like, I get Penn and Yale lose. But I think Penn should be over Ohio State, and you have a debate other, over whether you want Yale or Ohio State at the at the ten seed. Um, I'm a little shocked St. Joe's goes down after after winning after beating the shit out of Providence. I mean, we we've seen we've we've seen crazier things happen in the polls. Um, but that's that's my biggest gripe. I think is Ohio State not moving after losing. Like I, I don't I don't think that makes any sense. And not only did they lose a close game, they they got steamrolled yeah i mean they, they get blown out which is kind of tough but then like penn plays a very close game like plays a closer game against duke you would think that penn would go like listen i don't have a vote probably will never have a vote but you know rutgers drop jumps up five spots after beating loyola and loyola only drops two so you know i think that loyola win over hopkins is really keeping them up there um, sure. but luckily is this is why we play the game. This is why we're fans of the game because we have another phenomenal week of games. T and phenomenal. 
It starts tomorrow night where uh, this will not be out, so maybe we'll just predict it now. Towson Loyola, you know, neighbors right down the street. If Loyola loses this, though, all all that hype out the window. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of flipping your season around. Going, like, you know, Towson could be feisty, you know, coming off a tough a tough loss versus Spiders. Um, so you know, Loyola is that a must win or it can't lose? That it. You can't lose that one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a a little bit of both, like. I, we'll speak. I mean, then uh, luckily for those on Thursday at noon, you get a nice marquee matchup with Detroit Mercy and Marquette, Battle of the North, um, who gives a fuck. And then um, Saturday, the March 4th, really just we're in for a treat because at 11 a.m. T, we got Carolina taking on Denver. This game is on my big board, the bald board where I'm 10 and 6 on the year. You unfortunately stink, seven and fourteen. Um, oh, I'm sure your fiance is happy about that. Let's get it started. T, give me the Pios plus two and a half. Give me them. Wrong. All right, that's one. We'll uh, we'll put that. I mean, that one's going to be on the board now. That that one should that be one's on the board, and I'll tell you why I'm taking UNC. Um, like we've talked about in the past, this defense is is legit. Like I think this defense is extremely underrated, and not something anybody's talking about. Um, and you look at this Denver team and who they've played. You know, Utah Air Force Merrimack. They're not putting up that many goals, and they play Duke. Who you know, Duke was kind of down at that point. Like we haven't we haven't really seen that's February Duke. That's not that's not May Duke. So right. February Duke, you only put up 13 goals. Um, I think they have a good – they have a lot of depth. I think their top three to four guys, anybody can beat you in Denver. But I don't think they're getting anything on UNC's, on this UNC team. I think UNC minus two and a half, it looks, it's looking pretty good after that win, win in the Dome, putting up 19, and then the way this defense has been playing against a, against a mediocre Denver team. Okay. Fun fact about Denver, they don't have, besides uh, Mike Lambert, they don't have a guy on the East Coast, like a hotbed lacrosse, in their top six scoring outside of um, Lambert or Lambert from uh, Massachusetts. BC, California, Colorado, Tennessee, Ontario, and then Towson, um, and then Georgia. That's kind of nuts. I mean, that's, that's okay. I would pretty cool though. That. I think I think the Stephen Avery out of Nashville, Tennessee. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the competition in Nashville, a little bit, a little bit more fun on Broadway for those who have been. Um, shout out to Kid Rocks, phenomenal establishment. Phenomenal. Um, now looking at the rest of the games, T. I know we have a couple here. Um, the Canisius Fund for me will still be intact. They play Cleveland State. That's got to be an over. Um, I don't think they have a line on that yet, which is pretty frustrating. But Ohio State Cornell. No, I got. Hold on, I got the line there. You got it. The over twenty four and a half for the Canisius over fund. But the fifth time this year. All right, twenty four and a half. We're taking it. Um, it's one and two on the year, so let's try and get back to even. Um, now, T Ohio State Cornell. Currently, I'm not touching this game. But this is going to be an awesome matchup between Hudgens and Kirst. Awesome. And well, uh, do you think it's it's you think it's going to be Hudgens? Or do you think it's going to be Van Buren? That's the thing, dude. You go you yeah. You like, that's the thing about this defense. Like they're just they got two like absolutely lockdown cover defensemen. Like now I now I will have a top five players coming out soon. Um, oh. for this year, but. If CJ Kirst can do what he he can do on this Ohio State defense, he's going to be in that top five without a doubt. Um, he's a threat to score. He's a threat to pass. But again, he is the he is Cornell. He is the Big Red. And if Ohio State can take him out of the game completely, that's a long day um, for Cornell. So hope maybe Ohio State's offense can get it going, and this can be their bounce back game. But 
you know, again, that leads us to Delaware versus Michigan. Whichever, I think whoever loses this one, it's panic button time. I mean, yeah. I, well, not not necessarily. If you're Michigan, you're kind of looking at yourself in the mirror, like you're you're getting ready for football season. This, yeah, this yeah. This is the end of the line. If yeah, this Delaware, is. You just, this is just you. You're walking around campus. And you're like, hey, we beat Ohio State back to back years. You know, back to back Big Ten champs. Like, and you're just pumped to get back to the big house for some some Michigan football. But that's, if that's you're Delaware right. and you lose this game, now it's like, who are we as a team? Because you just lost to Nova at home, and then now you lose to Michigan at home. Like that's tough. This is a closer line than I was expecting. It's only at one and a half after Michigan losing to Marquette and Delaware losing a close game to Nova. Like Nova's Nova's had some good wins this year, um, and they played close games. I, if you're Delaware, I don't think it's just the end of the road. Like you you are the favorite in the CAA. I don't look at them differently if they lose to Michigan as the favorite in the CAA. I think, you know, Towson is frisky. Um, those those frisky stags, um, like Drexel, Sony Brooks. Stony Brooks kind of having a better ish year than expected. But Mammoth. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> at Delaware, you know, you're still the favorite in my opinion, win or lose on this game. Well, that, you know, I think uh, it's just going to be interesting. I, I really wish Delaware would get their own lacrosse field facility. Um, that would be nice. For men and women's, I think that would probably be best because probably playing on that field, great shrubs, though, along the sideline. Phenomenal shrub work. Great landscaping. But that stadium, it's like tallest midget. Like, it's, it's, not, a, it's, it's not the bowl – but you have the super high bleachers on that one side where the camera angle is like your like your neck hurts from looking down. I just it, I don't think it's very like was it aesthetically pleasing? I don't think that's yeah. it. I think they should have a just soccer, lacrosse, fucking field hockey, men and women's whatever. But can we just get our own fields? There's plenty. And they of have so much room over there. That sports complex just has a ton of. They have like they have so many practice fields for the yeah. football team. Like. Let's be honest. The first, the, the first and last good player to come out of Delaware is fucking Joe Flacco. Like, get also your facilities true. in check. Also true. Um, yeah. So I mean, Delaware was figured out in the athletic complex. Uh, moving down the list, none of these games are really tickling my fancy um, until we get to a, t- a game that I'm taking. I think this is a steal. We're all about value. Yale and UMass. UMass just got doubled up at home against BU, which I don't think BU is the team they were last year. It's a totally different year. Yale, minus three and a half. At UMass, after you get embarrassed by Penn State, I think the Bulldogs are coming out, and I think they're covering that by a couple. I I like the take, and I and it is fair. Um, I think BU is better than you'd expect. Yes. Okay. Good faceoff guy too. Yeah, good faceoff guy, good goalie. They're they're I think they're I mean, I would like to say they were favored of the Patriot League, but I think they're going to have to go toe to toe with Loyola if they want that crown. Wait, uh, UMass? No, no, no. Oh, BU. BU. I, I was like I was like T. No, no. no we're no, about no. to lose all our credibility. No, absolutely not. Um scared me there. I this is a good take. It's just like I don't know. I you never know with this with the UMass team on the road. I think. I mean, what am I? What, you know what? Fuck this. What am I to say? I fucking lose every <laughs> next game. <laughs> All right, next game. Well, it's your boys, Princeton hosting the Hoyas. One o'clock. I am not touching this game. I'm going to stay away from it. But I will say, if Georgetown. If Georgetown wins this one, then it, I think Princeton starts to put on the overrated hat. I think they can start to wear the overrated hat. Um, because Listen, during the broadcast, all I heard about this Princeton offense was, you know, add this guy to the Tawaraton list. Add that guy to the Tawaraton list. Yo, you beat Mammoth and Manhattan. No, no disrespect to Manhattan. But, like, score five goals against Maryland at home. You had an illegal stick procedure. 
You scored one goal at halftime, or two goals maybe. Like, add this guy to the tour, Thomas. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's right. Get the fuck out of here. And that's why we're taking the Hoyas, baby. All right, the you're putting Georgetown your Hoyas plus one and a half. Reputation on the line, T. My, re- my reputation's already out the door. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're killing our credibility here. Newtown uh, plus one and a half at Princeton. Both teams coming off of bad losses. Um, when you look at the silver lining for Georgetown, faceoff guy James Riley goes 60% the X against Notre Dame. So, you know, going 60% and still losing by seven goals says something. Um, but I have to imagine that after Luke Weirman's performance against Princeton, James Riley's going to have a pretty good day. I think that's a um, a advantage Georgetown in a, in a game where, you know, you're going to need everything that you can get. Um, and Pr- Princeton's got a young goalie. That was only his third ever start. So if but he, the, he played well, he played yeah, well. It looks like there's well. a little bit of a. If the Hoyas can, if they can shoot like everyone thinks they can shoot, it might be a lot of turn and rate keep. Um, but that's enough for that. And then I think the game of the weekend we could both agree on Maryland versus Notre Dame. Great uniform matchup. A lot of history between these two teams. Um, I, I think the the true matchup that everyone is waiting to see is going to be the Maryland defense versus this Notre Dame offense because you got Chris Cavanaugh, Pat Cavanaugh, you know, finishers and Dobson, uh, Riccadelli, Quinn, uh, Quinn McCann, Quinn McCone, whatever his name is, um, Riley Gray. Like they got a lot of dudes that are scoring. Jack of voice dudes, a baller. Yeah. I mean, they got, that dude's just not on the team anymore. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at 2022. Get out of here. Credibility um, out the door. But even Maryland, I mean, like Daniel Kelly and, and Dan Kelly and Dan Maltz had really good games yet to Princeton. But this is where I think, you know, the nightmare starts to happen where, you know, they're going to go, you know, Maryland's playing playing the freshman. Um, you know, Notre Dame's goalie, um, Entman. He's been pretty solid, I'd say, you know, 50%, 52% of the year. Now, he's played a couple cupcakes to maybe inflate that number as well. But at the X, if if Maryland's able to just dominate with Weirman per usual, it's going to be just a long afternoon for the Irish. I think I'm taking the Notre Dame money line straight up. And I'm taking them too. I'm yeah, taking them let's the go. Irish, baby. Okay, the Irish are the back. I'm going to tell you exactly why that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly why that's not going to happen. Chris Cavanaugh and Pat Cavanaugh versus Tyler Maycar and Ajax Zapatello. Brett Maycar. Brett Maycar. That is – that's two fuck-ups on the roster, T. What do you mean? I said Brett Maycar. You called him Ty Maycar. I did not. How much do you want to bet? All right, we'll run it back. I definitely said Brett Maycar. No, you didn't. You said Ty Maycar. Whatever. Whatever. Leave this, back in. On track. leave this in. Leave this in. I will leave it in. Good. Brett Maycar and Ajax Zapatello versus the Cavanaugh brothers. I that's you're if you're Notre Dame, you gotta look somewhere else to get some offense. I mean, is, they is got are dudes. they gonna be as productive as they were? No. Are they gonna are they gonna get points? Sure. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna be as productive as they should be. Um faceoff battle obviously goes to Maryland. And if you're Notre Dame, you better you you probably have the advantage defensively, although Entman, like you mentioned, has not been playing to standard. Um, yeah, a lot of people, myself included, think he is the best goalie in the country, um, but he's just not been playing like that this year. So, all that being said, Notre Dame money line, cash it in. Yeah, I- I'm taking the Irish here. Um, I- I'm going to ride that wave. Looking at the fan picks on inside lacrosse, though, a lot of people on the Irish, which kind of worries me. Um, but again. It's early in the year. This could be a potential matchup in May. So you maybe this, tell this, me. Hold on, hold on. How many people do you think are going on inside the cross to do fan picks? I'm just saying it's two Notre Dame, three Maryland. Then it's five Notre Dame, three Maryland, one Notre Dame, two Notre Dame, two Maryland, two Maryland, or two Notre Dame, one Maryland, six Notre Dame, seven. Yeah, I mean, there, there's more people on, on board for the Irish, but if, if you're picking games on inside of the cross, please let us know what the records are in the year. Is there are 35 
people listed in fantasy. It's early in the week. It's early in the week. People are still mulling over. It's what you do, T. It's you think. Maybe okay, if you well, maybe if you took maybe if you took some more time to do your homework, you wouldn't be, you know, seven fourteen. You know. Okay, sorry, Notre Dame Johnny over here is taking Notre Dame. No fucking shit. All right, well, if, if we're going to talk homers, let's talk homers here. Big game for the Hawks. <laughs> Heading down to Homewood, the house that Dave Petromala built, and it's a real shame because Zach Cole will be the owner of that house after Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hells yeah. So... St. Joe's favored, heading down to Homewood. Um, going to be a big time game, big time matchup. I mean, again, you know we're St. Joe's homers till we die. This is their first really big test since last year beating Ye- or playing Yale to the wire. And you know, last year they dropped three games by a goal with Penn, Drexel, and Delaware. So, you know, like you're not playing Providence this week. You're not playing Sacred Heart. It's going to be the best face-off unit you've probably seen. Probably be the best goalie you've seen. And by far the best roster that you've seen. And then this opens up a gauntlet. Because then on a short week, you have the Philly Four Classic, which I'll be on the call for versus Penn. Hells yeah. then, then you play Drexel that Saturday. And then you flip it around and you got St. John's. And then the Duke Blue Devils come to Sweeney Field. So, I mean, shit, you're number 12 in the country right now. You're either going to be number... Stay at ten, maybe nine, maybe we, maybe we sniff eight, or you're out. Out of what the polls? No, <laughs> they're not dropping out of the polls if, if they lose the Hopkins. If they, if, I'm saying that whole slate. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is this is the beginning of you know the test for St. Joe's. I mean, like you said, Hopkins, Penn, Drexel. You know, you get a uh, extra practice game with St. John's, and then you get to take on Duke. Um, I mean. This is this is what this program's been, you know, leading Stop up to the past forward. couple of years. Like this is what we've been building towards. This is what that close game against Yale in the in the NCAA tournament last year. Like this is we're here. Let's 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 show out. Yeah, and I mean, you have you have the top two, top three faceoff guy in the country. Like like we said earlier, like show us why you're that good. And you know, like. You know, Levi, fucking Bomer, Tucker Brown, Stevie Dwyer, you know, get those boys going. So hopefully the Hawks can uh, make some noise down in Maryland this weekend and then see a couple more games uh, to wrap us up here. But Penn versus Penn State, interesting game for sure. Um, I'm not betting on this game, but I think the Quakers can can get the dub, even though it's going to be a nice little bus ride to Happy Valley. Um, you have any thoughts on this one? Um. I, I think Penn State comes down to earth, and I think Penn kind of bounces back. I mean, okay, no two ways about it. What's the line on this one? Four and a half. I uh, mean, I mean, Penn State could they be the Ivy Slayers? They could be the Ivy Slayers, but I, I'm I'm not taking it. I'm not I'm not taking it. Like, okay, that's fair, and you're allowed to. That's your right. You're and and right. that being said. If I was going to take something, I would take Penn State plus four and a half, which means you should take Penn. All right. Um, now, these two games I, I am adding to the card late, but Virginia-Richmond, Virginia minus six and a half, for whatever reason, unless they don't, unless they have a horrendous backdoor cover like Harvard, I, I just think – I don't think Richmond's defense can stop this offense. And we just saw Virginia's defense – you know, kind of really clamped down on Ohio State. Now, granted, how good is Richmond's offense compared to Ohio State's and vice versa? But Virginia, six and a half. Thank you. Thank you for coming to this TED Talk. Are you taking a plus six and a half? No, Virginia minus six and a half. Give oh, uh, Virginia minus six and a half. Um, you know who won this matchup last year, Shane? Richmond, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Spiders. Hey, guess spiders. what? He was at home. Um, you're going down. You're going down the Clockner. You're going down the Clockner. Hey, listen. Anybody can go into Clockner and win. We almost did it. Our, my fucking schmucks almost went. Um, it went down to Clockner and almost won twice. I'm also. I'm just saying though. I, I think Virginia. Listen. Whatever last year was, get out. Get out. Um. And then you have, are you betting this one? 
I'm not taking this one, but I would yeah. take Richmond plus six and a half. I would go against you. Okay. And high point Jacksonville. Interesting to see. Jacksonville the week off, pretty random. Just early, get, get, got their bye weekend. Maybe the boys went on spring break. I think there was a swell coming in, so uh, they probably went to surf. Well, I'm not I'm not taking that one versus high point, but Sunday we have a nice treat, four o'clock to beat the Sunday scaries. Uh, Duke heading up to the dome after a big win against Penn. Cuse after a bad loss against UNC. Duke minus two and a half. Thank you. I'm cashing in there as well, which means Cuse is going to cover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, going, guys. Sorry. It's going, to, it's going to overtime. That and, and Duke, Duke will win, but it will go to overtime. Duke wins in overtime, and we, we shit the bed again, and we lose again. Whatever. Um, I don't know if you were planning to do this, Shane, but just a peek ahead to Tuesday, because I don't know if we'll have our next podcast recorded by Tuesday. We'll probably be recording. Hopkins is on a short week against Virginia. And you know what that tells me? For who are they look who are, who are they looking ahead of? Who think? are Peter Milliman and the Blue Jays looking ahead of on Saturday? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a page out of Coach Ray's playbook here. Little old St. Joe's, Little the team Saint that's Joe. known for Jameer Nelson basketball in 2004. They're known for a great field hockey program that was built up the past couple years. You think Hopkins is looking at the Hawks coming in here? Oh, this team's in the in the fucking top 20 finally. Oh, well, guess what? We got the Wahoos coming here on Tuesday. Hawks. 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 It's coming. It's coming. And you know where it starts? It starts at the tailgate where we got three pizza ovens going, more food that could feed the Vandergriff household in Sea Isle. The Hawks are the Hawks are fucking winning this shit. And I can't wait to tell tell you I told you so. Let's See, fucking go, Hawks. That'll wrap it up here for episode eight, season two. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Go on over to TikTok. See our bald heads on there. Go ahead and like a little bit of the content. But until then, T, goodbye, my friend. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.